as we move on through the book, we're over halfway in this study here, and of course, and the the whole, the big doctrine, the big ology, if you want to put it that way, we're currently in <clears throat> soteriology, the doctrine of salvation. And as we've already learned, the doctrine of salvation uh, holds a lot of things. When we, as has been testified by many of you, when we were first saved, we didn't understand all that was in, in the middle of salvation and all that was, the, uh, all that was a part of it. Um, but um, that's what we've been looking at uh, here in this doctrine. I'll just read the big, because we're starting a new, a new large letter here in this doctrine tonight. So the doctrine of salvation, and we've covered regeneration. There's the, the large letter A in the outline, and uh, regeneration. <clears throat> and then we broke all that down <clears throat> as we went through it. After regeneration was repentance, and then after repentance was faith, that's C, and we're finally to D, and that's justification, D. So uh, regeneration, repentance, faith, and now we're looking at justification. Um, Mr., I guess it's Mr. Dujigger here, Mr., Bancroft gets a little wordy sometimes. Sometimes it's difficult even for me to kind of break it down. I understand one part of it here. Of course, he, he quotes other folks too. And for what it's worth, I know where you stand. You know where I stand. But he does mention Martin Luther here, so don't have a heart attack. All right. Uh but historically, in the Reformation, is what, you know, in mentioning this here in a second, uh, Luther, led by his profound experience, maintained that justification by faith was the article of a standing or falling church. Okay, so there's Luther. And I know that, uh, what little bit I've heard uh, based that, that Moody Broadcasting had, had brought out on Luther. Uh, was uh, some things I heard about him years ago was he had no desire that his followers, if you want to put it that way, put his name on anything, and but they did anyway. They they became Lutherans. But one of the things when he when it talks about Luther, and I know we're going to get to this here in a second before I read this other stuff, and we're talking about justification, and and we know what October thirty first, and Luther nailed the. The, the thesis there on the door, and so on and so forth. And, uh, but um, one of the things that he um, he attributed to his salvation, that you'll see when you get there, okay, and so will I. That's all I'm saying is, based on his testimony, the reason that he left the Catholic Church, the problem is, is he tried to reform the Catholic Church. He, he should have just come on over to the Baptist. But <laughs> when he left the Catholic Church, one of the things as a priest, see, the Catholic Church kept the, the Word, kept the, the Word of God hidden. I mean, they just kept it among themselves. And what the people got was what the priest gave them. That's how they could control them. That's how they could keep them in darkness. But Luther, being a priest... Had, a, had, had the ability to read the Word. And he said, 
again, his testimony, when he got to Romans chapter 1, verse number 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. But verse number 16, by Luther's testimony, is what got him away from the Catholic Church. And again, it is, uh, as he put it here, as, as Paul put it, what is the power of God unto salvation? The gospel of Christ, all right? And it was to everyone that believeth. It wasn't the catechism. It wasn't going through the stations of the cross. It wasn't praying the rosary. It wasn't going to the priest and the pope. It was belief by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel of Christ. And again, we'll see when we get there. All right, whether he stands alongside us at the judgment seat of Christ or whether we'll witness him being thrown in the, in the lake of fire, we'll see. But I'm just going by historically historical documents and what has been said about him. All right, so just leave it there. I'm not saying he was. I ain't saying it ain't. So I'll just say when he gets there. But I'm just saying historically, that's the verse of Scripture that he talks about this justification. And again, he was wrong in just trying to reform. He should have just come out from among them and be and being separate. Amen. So anyway, so Mr. Bancroft's words on justification. <clears throat> and we're going to read. It's this big introduction paragraph here that we'll get to, and then we'll finally get into the scriptures here <clears throat> in just a moment, I think. I don't even see any scriptures. <laughs> right, we'll get there. All right, <clears throat> so bear with me. <clears throat> justification. When Job propounded the question, quote, how should a man be just with God, unquote, in Job 9, 2, he presented the problem of centuries, the problem that has puzzled the mind of man ever since he became a sinner. The sense of sin and the sense of God are universally innate in the nature of man and flow out into the streams of his consciousness through the medium of experience, for example, by means of observation and reflection. As a result of this sense of need becomes he, uh, as a result this as a result of this a sense of need becomes his man naturally possesses possesses the abstract sense of rightness and wrongness which we call conscience he also finds himself naturally aligned with the wrongness and against the rightness so he aligns with the wrongness we all do naturally and is against rightness, for which he has an accompanied sense of self-condemnation and guilt in relation to God. It is from this experience that there arises this felt need of being put upon just and righteous terms with God. Okay, so let's break that down. In other words, just naturally, our conscience, we get to a place where we understand that we are a sinner or we're wrong in some things. We happen to also have the nature, that sin nature that's within us, that we want to align naturally with the wrong and not with the right. But at the same, so at the same time, though, you know, there's a lot of people in the deepest, darkest jungles or the deep, the dark, you know, the biggest, the vastest desert. They come to a place where they look for something to worship. So there's a consciousness there. 
that's why they arise and they worship the sun, they worship corn, <laughs> they worship all kinds of different things, uh, you know, but they seek a God, they seek a higher, there's a consciousness of something higher, let's put it that way. Right. Not that they seek God, but there is a consciousness, and there is a consciousness of, of their wrongdoing when they do wrong. And so because of that, there's this, uh, there's this uh, we feel the need of being put upon a just and righteous term with God when we understand who God is and when, you know, there's a need there. So justification by faith is a phrase weighty alike with Scripture and history. In the New Testament is the main theme of the two great dogmatic and doctrinal epistles, Romans and Galatians. Again, justification by faith. It was the war cry of the reformers. There's where we're getting into Mr. Luther here. It was the, the war cry of the reformers uh, in the great spiritual upheaval of the 16th century. Though this single truth does not exhaust the epistles referred to by any means, yet in a broad sense it may fairly, it may fairly be said to constitute the message of St. Paul as well as the truth of the great reformation of the Western church. And here's what Mr. Luther said. Luther, led by his profound experience, maintained that justification by faith was the article of a standing or falling church. And Dr. Edward Harold Brown has added that it also is the article of a standing or falling soul. So justification by faith is, as, he, as Luther put it, the article of a standing or falling church. Again, of course, in our, in our covenant, having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and, uh, as our Savior and upon the profession of faith. There it is. Our profession of faith is hinging. It hinges. So, you know, and then being baptized. But the baptized comes after the profession of faith. And so the church is the rise and fall of our faith, and then also the soul is the rise, as Mr. Brown says, the rise and uh, fall of standing or uh, falling soul. All right, the meaning of justification. And again, like Mr. Bancroft has put in the past, he looks at the negative, meaning what it is not, and then he looks at positive, means what it is, okay? So negatively, not as, as something we should look at negatively, but just as he considers the what it is not when he says negatively. So... And again, I, I don't, I'm looking for these references. Okay, we'll get there. So, justification negatively considered, what it is not. What, is, what justification is not. It's not the making righteous of, and it's nor the, nor the imparting of righteousness to its recipients. So, it's not making you righteous. Justification is not. And we're going to get there what it is, and you'll see it in a second, because it's a legal term. Justification is. And uh, one of the things I wish Brother Hall was able to come tonight because when he was going through um, and understanding the legal, legal term of justification, what he, what he got a little bit of a grip on it when he went through uh, concealed to carry instructor's class. Because when Kentucky first got concealed to carry, uh, you'll see that in a second, but I'm just going ahead of myself. When Kentucky first got concealed to carry, then he wanted it pretty quick. Or he wanted to pack a pistol. And uh, so the first, one of the first classes, though, that they could get into, 
that he could get into was an instructor's class. And he was like, hmm, you know, maybe, but he really wanted it, and he thought, well, why not? You know, he said, maybe make a little bit of money on the side, and that's what he did for a little bit. Uh, but he became an instructor. So as he was going through the instructor's course, and then as he taught uh, concealed carry for a few years, then, um, you know, uh, oftentimes when, whether it's under a concealed carry or just self-defense, uh, somebody comes in and you pull a weapon and you use it in self-defense and you kill that person then it's not to say that you're not going to go to jail. <laughs> it's not to say that, uh, but you are going to be examined, that you won't be examined, just your word against their word. But in your examination, and maybe you go to court, then one of the things that they're looking at is evidence that that was a justified action. It's, you know, so if you premeditated killed that person, that's murder. If you in self-defense killed that person, you still killed the person. That, that part's the same. The person is dead at your hands. But one is justified and one is not. And again, that's a legal term. One, the, the, the fact that the person is dead is the same on both sides, both issues. But the the... The, the, the facts surrounding the, the each, in each of those situations makes it justified or not. And so, so, again, in keeping that little sense of justification in that legal term, when we get to the positive, you kind of see it here in a minute. But what it is not, it's not, making, it's not the making righteous of or, nor the imparting of righteousness to its recipients. And then Mr. M-O-U-L-E said... To Thomas Aquinas and Peter Lombard, whoever they are, among other middle-aged school men, justification was used to mean about the same thing as regeneration. And in the decree of the Council of Trent, justification is taken as equivalent to sanctification, it being there described as, quote, not the mere remission of sins, but also the sanctification and renovation of the inner man. So what it's not, it's not a change, secondly, it's not a change to the moral state or character of its subjects. So it's not a, a change in the moral state. Justification does not deal with our subjective, but rather with our objective salvation. It, is, it has to do with our standing before God judicially rather than our state of life morally and spiritually. And again, that goes back to my example. So what it is not morally, I still killed a person. <laughs> All right? But was it justified? So it's, it's a judicial term, this justification. So you got to kind of understand that and then relate it in, in these spiritual terms here. So here it is, positively considered. Theor, theoret, theoret, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, theoretical definition. By justification, we mean that act of God by which, key words here, on account of Christ, to whom the sinner is united by faith, he declares that sinner to be no longer under condemnation, but to have a standing of righteousness before him. We are still sinners. We, 
Before and after Christ, we're still sinners. But we're justified because of Christ's work and what he done. And, and in God's eyes, in God's standing, that's what he looks for. Has the blood been applied? We are still capable of the most gross sin. You see Moses get drunk. I mean, sorry, Noah. Noah got drunk. Moses struck a rock out of anger. David committed adultery. Um, Solomon served, you know, false gods there toward the end. He was, went away after those wives and women's gods. So we are still capable of doing all those things. Lot, a righteous man, just man, the Bible tells us. He committed incest. So when we, so people are capable still of all those things, but the key is, is whether the Christ's blood has been applied to us or not because there's where justification happens. We're still, we're still, we still can commit. It's just the fact of how God looks at us and whether we're in Christ or not. That's the key. So let me read that again. Just, by justification, we mean that by justification, slow down. By justification, we mean that act of God by which, on account of Christ, to whom the sinner is united by faith, he declares, God declares, he declares that sinner to be no longer under condemnation, but to have a standing of righteousness before him. Now, taking that, putting it back into this, so we go to court over that shooting. So then the judge looks at the facts, and the fact that we killed a man is still there, but was we, were we justified in that act? You know, and so they bump it up by the law, and then they make the judgment whether we're justified in that act or not. So it's a judicial term. And so God... The Father being our judge, he looks at us, and we're a sinner, but are we a sinner not in Christ, or are we a sinner in Christ? And there's where the justification takes place. is It's because of our faith in, uh, in Jesus Christ. So, Missy, I'm trying to think who he is quoting of here. We're almost to some scriptures. I know it's just a long time to get there, but we're almost there. All right. By... Derivation, derivation, whatever, D-E-R-I-V-A-T-I-O-N. The word justification means to make us just. Now, some people want to say just as if we had never sinned. That's, that's kind of sort of good, but it's not really because we still committed the act. So it's more of like the, the killing of the person, whether you're justified in killing it because you premeditated murdered it, or... We're ever justified in killing it because it's an act of self-defense. But either way, you're going to be, you know, it's going to, you're going to be looked at and you're going to be examined. So, by derivation, the word justification means to make just, to make conformable to a true standard. Thus, it would seem to mean a process by which wrong is corrected. Bad made good, good made better, and some person or thing actually improved and thus justified. With lawyers, no improvement of condition is thought of, but the establishment of a position before judge or jury, literal or figurative. 
They mean the winning of a favorable verdict or the statement of the verdict, the sentence of acquittal or vindicated right, as the case may be. In common everyday use, we speak of justification to justify an opinion, to justify a course of conduct, to justify a statement, to justify a friend. What do we mean? Not to read just, read, read just, not, I'm trying to see if that's a one word, anyway, not to read just or improve your thoughts or your words, not to educate your friend to be more wise, more able, no, but to win a verdict for thought or word or action or friend at the bar of judgment, whether the bar of judgment be public opinion, common conscience, society, or whatnot. All right, so, actually I had to, this was perfect. Thank you, Lord. I know that. Well, that happened now. I had to, I had to justify myself this week, actually. So, my, the fire chief, is, is until we get a new director, is currently my supervisor. So he comes in Monday. He talked to one of the other fellows, and he calls me into my old director's office and shuts the door. I said, oh, he has a blue folder in his hand. And it was not a kudo this time like it was the last time they come around. This was a complaint that went to the IG about me. And uh, so the Friday before I went to Tennessee for my dad's funeral, uh, I gave that big talk in the auditorium there in the, in the base theater. And I, I used some phrases that apparently didn't sit well with a young lieutenant. <laughs> and the lieutenant found him condescending and degrading. Anyway, I think they had their chips on their shoulder or whatever. And uh, what was the other one? Then uh, there was another phrase too that I used. Oh, I told him to read the book. Uh, in other words, so... I had to explain myself. I had to justify myself. Why did I say what I said? What was my motive behind those things? And so, you know, he comes in. He presents me with the, the if you want to put it, the accusation, the complaint. And then, and that was yesterday afternoon, and he said, you got the rest of the afternoon to answer that complaint, to justify it. And then I'll see you tomorrow morning at 7.30. So this morning at 7.30, he was back in my office. And I had typed up my, my side of the story, and he was satisfied with it. He understood where I was coming from. Maybe I didn't say it the way I should have said it, but he, he, was, he, he, was, he was satisfied with my motive behind my saying it. It's just i got to pick my words differently next time uh, so as not to offend the younger generation, which is one of the problems that I, that I attributed to. You know, I mentioned the younger generation. Anyway, and that younger generation is the younger generation, and that's what they that's how they work. So anyway, but I had to justify myself. I had to, like it says right here, I had to um, to go in and to justify my opinion, to justify my conduct, to justify my statement. So we use this on a daily basis, and I had to put my side to it to explain myself. Uh, so that's how we use it uh, this way. Now finally, we're into so Exodus chapter twenty three. All right, so we'll look at some scripture here. 
And so this is some, some, the scriptural definition. We finally to that, and thank you for bearing with me up until this point with all the wordiness of these men. All right, Exodus 23. So the words, scriptural definition, the words translated justify and justification signify not to make righteous but to declare righteous, just, or free from guilt and exposure to punishment. So it's not to make righteous, but it's to declare. We are still wrong, but we've been declared right, all right, because of our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the key, is the faith in Jesus Christ. Again, this all falls under salvation, okay, and the doctrine of salvation. Uh, so is being in Christ, putting our faith in him, then one of, the, one of the aspects of salvation that we don't understand necessarily at the time of salvation is justification. So, let me see. Exodus chapter 23 and verse number 7. Exodus 23, I'll find it here, and verse 7. Keep thee far from a false matter, and the innocent and righteous slay thou not, for I will not justify the wicked. Okay, so again, the words translated justify and justification signify not to make righteous, but to declare righteous, just, or free from guilt and exposure to punishment. So it says, see further, let's look at a couple of these others. Uh, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 25 and verse number 1. If there be a controversy between men, and they come into judgment, that the judges may judge them, then they shall justify the righteous and condemn the wicked. Job 27 Job 27 and verse number 5. Let's see here. Let's go ahead and back up to verse number 1 because it does talk about judgment there. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, As God liveth, who hath, take, who hath taken away my judgment, and the Almighty who hath vexed my soul, all the while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. God forbid that I should justify you till I die. I will not remove my integrity from me. Let's do about two more. Well, let's see. We could go to Psalm and Proverbs. Let's just hit these, these three in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 5, for time's sake. There's three here. And, I, and then there's some explanation after we see the Scriptures. Isaiah 5 and verse 23. Isaiah 5, now back up to 22. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine. Am I in the right place? Yeah. Uh, are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward 
and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Then Isaiah 50... Verse 8, he is near that justifieth me, who will contend with me? Let us stand together, who is, my, who is mine adversary? Let him come near to me. And then John, uh, Isaiah 53 and verse 11, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge, or by his knowledge, shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Now, the word justify is used in this ordinary sense. Again, this is the scriptural definition. The word justify is used in this ordinary sense in Deuteronomy 25.1. Here it is plain that the judges are not to devote themselves to moral improvement of the plaintiffs and to make the righteous man better but only to vindicate his position as satisfactory to the law of Israel. They are to declare him righteous if he is legally so. He's either justified or not. They're not to, they're not to uh, what's the word, try to make him better. What's the, the prison, not the, uh, what is it in the, our correction system where they put them in and try to make them good people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, try to reform the prison. They're not to reform. They're to, to look at the law and to see how he lines up with the law. Guilty or not, justified or not. And so we see that in Deuteronomy 25.1. But the application of the term changed when salvation was in question. The verdict in question became no longer the matter of Hebrew law or public opinion, but of the eternal judge of all the earth. The word justification, both in religious terminology and in common par parlance, is a word connected with law. It has to do with the acquittal, vindication, and acceptance before a judgment seat. It is a forensic and technical term and has to do with the standing of sinful men before a holy God. And again, the law is our schoolmaster. And even before the law, there was a conscience in man that, under, that made, made them know that they were wrong with God. <clears throat> and so, and if Job being the probably the oldest book of the, uh, of the Bible, even though it's not there chronologically, but they, they felt, the, the scholars feel that Job was written even before the Pentateuch, or at least took place before the Pentateuch and was written and so, that being said, Job already understood that justification and already understood being, you know, his standing before God and whether he was right or wrong, and he felt right in himself, but at the same time, you know, you just got to read Job and understand all that. So, here's the doctrinal statement. Hopefully we, you know, I know it's kind of been all kinds of, but hopefully it'll give you some ideas to maybe dig into it a little bit more and we can try to Maybe as we look into it, try to bring it into terms that will help us understand it a little bit better. But again, it is a legal term. It's not to make us better. It is guilty or not. And if we're in Christ, we're justified. We're still a sinner. We still deserve hell. But we're in Christ. So in Christ, we stand justified. 
He, in Christ, he paid the penalty for us. That's exactly right. Thank you, Jesus. But those out of Christ are not justified. It's not that we're no less guilty. It's just that he has paid the penalty for us, and we have believed on the gospel, on his name, and, 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 and by faith accepted his salvation, and in God's eyes, the judge of the earth, we stand justified. Here's a doctrinal statement. Justification is the judicial act of God whereby those who put faith in Christ are declared righteous in his eyes and are free from guilt and punishment. Woo! That's that pardon, you know. I, like I said, I know a man that was pardoned. I've met him. I've shook his hand. I've been in his home. And I can't remember what his sin was, what his crime was, but it doesn't matter. He received a presidential pardon from Ronald Reagan. His name is Sam Anselmi. He and his brother committed a crime. And I can't remember if his brother got the pardon or not. But I know he did. So when you look him back up, he's, just, he's justified by that pardon. A presidential pardon says he can vote. Presidential pardon says it's all gone. Presidential pardon says he can go buy a gun. <laughs> but before that, but did he still do the crime? Yeah. But the pardon covered it all. Are we still sinners? Guilty before God? Yes. <laughs> but we're pardoned in Jesus Christ. We're justified in Jesus Christ by our faith in Jesus Christ. And, and it might sink in a little bit later on, maybe Thursday or Friday, you know, sometime on Saturday. Like, Woo! You know, I don't know, hopefully it kicks in. And hopefully we can just take some of it and kind of think upon it a little bit more if you get quiet enough around the house to think about it. Sometimes that's hard to do. But your musings in your, in your Bible reading, and you, you, read, you read about this, and you understand this, and we didn't understand it at salvation. We just knew that we were a sinner, and there was a free gift in Jesus Christ of salvation and forgiveness and eternal life, and we cried out to him in belief of the gospel message that he died according, uh, for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. We believed that in repentance and faith. We just cried out to God and asked him to save us. That's all we knew. And probably didn't even know that. We just needed some relief. But then we can take, take the studies like this and, and delve into the little deeper things of all that took place in the act of salvation and, all, and, all that we, and where we stand in and through and by salvation. All right. I think... I think that we're just going to stop there because the next one is the scope of justification. And there's a whole lot of scripture here and... I got. You know, I normally try to wrap it up about you know eight thirty, and we're twenty after. So there's a lot of scripture here. So we've seen the definition of justification. Hopefully, we can try to chew on that a little bit and process it a little bit better than maybe what I've presented it about to you too. But um, the next time we're going to look at the scope of salvation. I'm sorry, 
the scope of justification, and then probably get into the method uh, a little bit. Yeah, the, we probably do both next time. No, maybe. At least the negatively considered. So the scope of salvation, we might just do all that because there's a lot of scripture there. The scope, uh, sorry, the scope of justification, and then the method of justification, positively, negatively and positively uh, considered. Then the results of justification. And then the next big letter is sanctification. Woo! We kind of touched on that a little bit on Sunday. So the scope of justification will be next. And we'll just leave her right there. And so, all right. So those that are without, like Miss Linda tonight, and pray for her. And I know that, uh, I don't know what your all's weekends are looking like. I know that, like I said, Rebecca and them's coming down. Holidays are upon us. I appreciate all that, uh, all the, what's the word looking for? Kindness shown to me by the by folks in this holiday season, which I could express. And then even last week with my dad, uh, it was just God's grace that, let, that got me through it. And uh, still working through some things, but but uh, but just it's been a different holiday season, a different Christmas, if you want to put it that way. Because uh, again, last night we Lisa and I, Lisa. Finally got out of the house, away from her parents, by herself, I mean by themselves, for the first time last night. We drove to Crest up on Douglas and back, went up there to get some distilled water, and uh, just a couple other things, and uh, so we told them we were going to, you know, we'll check in. As soon as we got back in the car, then she caught, you know, she texted her mom, no response. She called her mom, no response. Called her mom a second time, no response. Called dad. And he answered the phone and said she was asleep, but she was asleep with very low blood pressure. So anyway, uh, so that all being said, you know, Christmas gifts and things like that, Christmas shopping and all the things we normally do has not been done. And guess what? It's five days before Christmas. Uh, I, I got, um, I've got two grandchildren, Austin, Ashton, Aubrey and Ashton, there we go. Uh, I got theirs, they're in Michigan, uh, coming from uh, New Jersey, so theirs is there. The rest of them said it's going to be late, so they all understand. I got an understanding family, and so uh, we've done some shopping online and things like that, but it ain't going to be here before Sunday or Monday, so they all understand. So I appreciate an understanding family with all that's going on in the last several weeks uh, and an understanding church. I appreciate you and appreciate your uh, concern and your love and your prayers for us uh, on our behalf, all right? So anyway, there's all that. It's a different Christmas. I don't, don't feel Scroogey, but it don't feel Christmassy either. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, it's just one of those one of those times. Next year will be better. All right, so we'll just be dismissing order.